This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 21st, 2016, when Dallas police used a robot packed with explosives to kill an active shooter who'd already killed several people. It was a first-of-its-kind way of handling a threat. Matthew Feeney, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, describes some of the implications. Yeah, so this is widely believed to be the first time that American law enforcement have used a bomb attached to a robot to kill a suspect. And the Dallas police chief said that they saw no other option but to use the bomb robot. And this followed hours of negotiation uh, where the police tried to get the shooter to hand himself over. And it's not surprising that in the wake of this uh, this death of this of the shooter, that there have been discussions about use of force uh, and complaints about or, or discussions about when police should utilize new technologies like this. Uh, under cu- most current policies, police are allowed to kill suspects if they suspect that the uh, the suspect poses a threat of a threat to the officer's life or the lives of members of the public. And while I think. We should uh, be paying attention to the kind of technologies that police use. I don't necessarily think that we need a new rule just for robots. And instead, we should focus our efforts on reducing the number of interactions that police are having face-to-face with citizens and also taking steps to make sure that those interactions are safer. What would be step one to reduce the number of required police interactions? So I think a good first step would be to think about how new technologies can be used to reduce citizen-police interactions. Many listeners will know that some of the most prominent police-involved shootings over the last couple of years have involved people who are pulled over in their cars for nonviolent routine traffic violation, whether it's a missing front license plate or a broken taillight. And with license plate readers and other technologies, it doesn't seem to me uh, obvious that every single traffic violation necessarily requires that police pull the car over, step out of the car, and have a face-to-face interaction, given that you could probably issue a ticket, given the information uh, on a license plate. But there's other steps that could be taken. Uh, I think an important area to examine are what's called pretextual stops. And these are stops where police pull someone over for a traffic violation, but the main cause of the stop is to investigate uh, possible drug possession, for example. And as our colleague John Blanks has written, these stops do undermine uh, police legitimacy in some communities, and they also seem to me uh, to oftentimes be unnecessary. Uh, and it, you can understand why uh, relationships with police sometimes suffer when many people are pulled over for routine traffic violations when the real intention of the stop is actually to investigate uh, drug possession and things like that. And finally, I think that police should be looking at areas such as New Haven, Connecticut, where police have engaged in what's called uh, community policing, which is getting police out of cruises and onto the streets to interact more with the community so that the communi- so that the police seem to be part of the community and not uh, some sort of alien force in it. I think what concerns a lot of people about the use of a robot to kill a suspect who is, uh, even if they are posing a threat, is that at some point uh, robots would be used to kill people who might pose a threat and then possibly to engage with people who it can be argued posed a threat and then 
uh, with people who do not pose a threat. Yes, and I think that is a legitimate concern. I would be worried if bomb-laden robots or weaponized drones were the first tool that police reach to in every situation where someone might pose a threat to the public. If a shooter runs into a house and barricades himself, I don't think the first thing that police think of is, well, we could bomb the house or something like that. Uh, But it's important to remember that the situation in Dallas uh, seems to be uh, quite unique in the sense that it was in a parking lot where the, the there weren't nearby citizens, so the risk of collateral damage to standers-by was minimized. There had been hours of negotiation. He was reportedly behind a wall, which meant he couldn't be safely rushed by officers or taken out with a, by a sniper. So that's why I don't think there needs to necessarily be a reevaluation of use of force in those kind of incidents. And I'm sure... I and uh, many of the listeners do not want these kind of technologies to become routine, but I don't think they necessarily require a big rethink of existing policy. I think it's important for people to keep in mind that these kind of incidents remain thankfully very rare, Uh, that most people who have lethal encounters with police are meeting police face to face. Uh, And far too often, I think, with interactions that take place after nonviolent traffic stops. Uh, and, And these are the kind of situations that police departments all across the country can look to and evaluate. Not every police department will have access uh, to specialized robots or to drones in the future and new technologies, but they all have to deal with uh, officers in cruises pulling over people for routine traffic stops and making those kind of stops safer and rarer will go a long way in improving not only the relationship between police and citizens, but also the number of people that unfortunately are killed by police officers. Matthew Feeney is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter, at Cato Podcast.